Well, we are in our second week of this series called The Spirit of Christmas. Um, as I said earlier in the worship time, the Spirit of Christmas doesn't mean just something that's, that's um, you know, just means goodness and gladness and joy and, and thanksgiving and, and gratitude and, and generosity. Yeah, I mean, it, it can mean those things, but really, the Spirit of Christmas means something much greater, much deeper, and that's talking about the Holy Spirit part of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of Christmas, and the Spirit of Christmas did have a role um, and in the Christmas story. And last week, we talked about the Spirit of Christmas past. We see traces of Christmas as far back as the creation back in the book of Genesis and with the prophets of old, as the Holy Spirit spoke to them about the birth of the child from the virgin and about where the child will be born. It's an amazing story. So why do we need the spirit of Christmas past? Why did God even share that with the prophets? The reason why is because it helps to assure us of our salvation, and most importantly, it helps us to know that that God is with us, and he cares about our past. He, he, He wants to be someone who understands, look, I'm in your past, I'm in your present, and I'm definitely in your future. The time when, when you were following me, guess what? I was there. I was there loving you the entire way. And so the spirit of Christmas past helps us with all the prophets and stuff to link everything together. And so today we're going to look at the spirit of Christmas present and the role the Holy Spirit played in that first Christmas. So when I talk about the Christmas present, I'm actually talking about uh, not our present. Okay? I want you to talk about, I want you to think on Mary and Joseph present. So the Christmas, uh, that first Christmas. So the spirit of Christmas present, that very first Christmas is what we are talking about. So if you would turn to Luke chapter 1 and your copy of God's Word. So if you have your printed copy of God's Word or your digital copy of God's Word, we have it on the screen. But we're going to read uh, several uh, scriptures here in Luke chapter 1 as we dive into the spirit of Christmas present. Spirit of Christmas present, Luke chapter 1, verse 26 through 38. 26 through 38. And it says this. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, now Elizabeth is Mary's cousin, the mother of John the Baptist. So there's a connection there. God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. So they were pledged to be married, they, and it's more than just an engagement. A, 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 a Jewish or, or Hebrew betrothal and, and, and marriage, uh, the betrothal was, was just as important as, as the marriage, okay? And so when you're betrothed, it's like you were, you were married, but you just weren't intimate yet until the marriage ceremony, and so uh, they were, uh, she was pledged to be married to Joseph. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, greetings. <laughs> Don't you just love that? Greetings. I mean, it, it would freak me out. I think if, if an angel Gabriel, probably 10, 11 feet tall, stands up in your living room or in your bedroom and says, greetings, uh, you're going you're gonna to be like, okay, what is going on? You are highly favored the Lord is with you. So in this angel Gabriel, who's like the, um, 
uh, one of the archangels in heaven, he, Angel Gabriel is sort of the communicator. Okay? He's the director of communications. Anytime we see a message from God from an angel, we choose a Gabriel. So Gabriel, Gabriel has, has that, uh, that job. And so uh, he is telling her, and he's, he's lifting her up. He's like, you are highly favored. So trying to bring you know, peace to the, to the situation. You are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Verse 29, Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. Again, this favor. You are favored. You are highly favored. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. Verse 34, this is a great question by Mary. How will this be? Okay, how, how am I going to do this? Because, you know, I've, I've, I've never been with a man, and I'm only engaged or betrothed to Joseph. How can this be? Mary asked, since I'm a virgin. The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she who was said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month. For no word from God will ever fail. Now, check out her, her response. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. Then the angel left her. May your word to me be fulfilled. You know, the Christmas story is filled with miracles. There's no other time in the season of the year where we, we match up the word miracle and with another word, and this word is Christmas. We just think Christmas miracles. I mean, miracle on 34th Street, okay? There's lots of things about miracles and Christmas. And there's lots of miracles within this Christmas story and this whole narrative. The miracle of the angel's announcement to Mary, that is a miracle. If an angel visits you in person, that is a miracle for you to see that. Now, obviously, we're, we're surrounded be, you know, in our day, we, we, we have the this, this spiritual world there where we have angels who we entertain. A lot of times we don't even know. And angels that we don't even see. But there's a miracle in appearing to Mary. There's also the miracle of the angel's later announcement to Joseph in a dream. There's a miracle of the star in the sky that, that led the wise men to Bethlehem. But at the very center of these miracles is the greatest miracle of all. The biggest miracle, that is at the very heart of the Christmas. And that is the virgin birth of Christ. Some people scoff at the idea of a virgin birth. They say, that's impossible. <laughs> it's impossible. Well, that's kind of the point of a miracle, isn't it? <laughs> right? If something is impossible and it happens... Then a miracle took place. Would you agree? Yeah? So that's the point of a miracle. 
I know there are people who are like, oh, I'm not sure she really was a virgin. I mean, you really can't, that really can't happen. Yeah, you're right in our human mind. But God can do anything. God can do anything. Um, and so at the heart of Christmas, we have the amazing miracle of the virgin birth. And this is where the spirit of Christmas present comes in. The miracle of the virgin birth was a miracle brought about by the Holy Spirit. And we just read that in that passage. The Holy Spirit placed that seed within Mary. So let's look at the miracle of the virgin birth together just more closely. So some people prefer to call this the, virgin, um, the miracle of the virgin conception because the actual miracle took place not at the birth of Jesus but at the conception. Okay, I think that makes sense to you. So first of all, we got to understand that Mary was unmarried. She was betrothed, but she wasn't married yet to Joseph, wasn't intimate with him. And the gospel writers go out of their way to stress to the fact that she was not married. I mean, they go out of their way. Hey, she, she was betrothed. She was not yet with Joseph. And so... That, that shows us that she is unmarried. She's a virgin. Of course, we're also left with the same question Mary asked. How will this be? How does a, a, a virgin conceive a child? How can a child be conceived without a human father? And the answer is through the power of the Holy Spirit. The power of the Holy Spirit. Jesus was conceived through the Holy Spirit in response to Mary's question, how would this be? The angel responds, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. You will notice the gospel writers do not go into much detail as to how and when this whole thing will take place. And she, she doesn't even ask that question. Jesus says, how? And that's a good question. But she didn't, ask, she didn't go into a bunch of details. Okay, when is this going to happen? When do I need to start picking out baby clothes? You know, or, I mean, it, you know, obviously it's going to be a, a boy. I have his name. Thank you for choosing his name. So I don't have to work through that. I'll look through the baby name book registry, you know. And speaking of registry, I need to go and register for gifts. I need to set our baby shower, those kinds of things. There's lots of things we've got to plan if I'm pregnant. And by the way, if I'm going to be pregnant, is it going to happen slowly or is it going to be, boom, I'm going to wake up and there's a baby ready to be born? I mean, there's lots of questions, right? And so Mary, she, she didn't ask the questions. She just asked one question, the logical question. Just get some clarification. Just, just to clarify, Mr. Gabe, just to clarify, could, could, how, how is this going to happen? Because <laughs> I, you know... And she got the answer. Say, okay, I believe you since you're an angel and you're standing right here in my room and I get that, we're, we're good. But then Mary, she completely trusts in the message. She didn't ask a bunch of questions. She didn't ask a bunch of questions. She said, let it be, I'm your servant. Hey, I'm gonna do whatever you say. They com- she completely trusted him. What a great reminder 
What a great reminder. Even in this season, when you and I go through things in our lives, say, you know what? I don't have all the answers, but I trust you. I don't have all the answers, but I trust you. I don't, I don't have enough money in my, my bank account, but I trust you. I didn't get a good doctor's report, but I trust you. Me and this certain family member aren't really getting along. We, we're, I'm going to see him at Christmas and, and things at a family gathering, but I, I'm going to trust in you. And so, what a great reminder of that. So, it's important that we not only look at the facts surrounding the, the virgin birth, okay, she was unmarried and, and it was a conception by the Holy Spirit, but it's also understand the significance of this virgin birth. Why? Okay, so you have the how, okay? Now, the why. Why did God work this miracle through the Holy Spirit? Couldn't Jesus have come to us in some other way? What is the significance of a virgin birth? Have you ever wondered that? Okay, why, why the significance of a virgin birth? Why, why does it have to be like that? Does God just want to make a big splash? Well, if God wanted to make a big splash with Jesus on the planet, he wouldn't have been born in a stable, right? <laughs> in a small little town. He would have been born someplace else. So it really wasn't about God making a splash, okay? Be like, oh, look what I can do. I can, I can have the Holy Spirit uh, it, it, it bring, uh, bring a seed into the womb of a young virgin and, and she will carry the Son of God. Um, it was deeper than that. It was, the, the purpose was, was so much greater than that. Um, look at, go back to Luke 135, that same chapter. Uh, 35, the angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you so the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Here the angel called Jesus by two names. Okay, besides Jesus, we see um, these two names, which teach us the significance of the virgin birth. So we see, he, we see here the, the significance. is He is a holy one, and he is a son of God. So this Jesus that's going to be born, that you're going to carry, is the holy one. That's a name, and the son of God. It's a name or, or, or title. And so in those things, we see the significance of why Jesus had to be born of a virgin. So, he is a holy one. Let's look at that. Although this life can refer to Jesus as, as Messiah, it speaks of the sinlessness of Jesus. Jesus without sin, that makes him holy. Every human being on the planet, other than Jesus, every, every person ever born in the history of mankind and will ever be born, will be born naturally. Man, woman, conception, and give birth. The first parents, Adam and Eve, pass on this sin nature to their children. And then their generation pass the sinful nature on and on and on. A sinful nature simply means that it is our nature to sin. We have a nature, we have the natural tendency to want to sin, to go a different way. That is just who we are. It's just passed down from that. And it's like our children. You know, no one teaches our children how to, how to misbehave. It just happens naturally. 
And, um, but Jesus was different. Because Jesus was conceived by the Holy Spirit, he was born holy. Jesus was born holy without a sinful nature. Think about that. Because of the way he was conceived, Holy Spirit, he was born holy without the natural tendency to sin. Look at what uh, the Apostle Paul says in 2 Corinthians 5.21. It's just, just one verse. You don't have to turn there. But 2 Corinthians 5.21 says, As God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Jesus had no sin. He was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born as a holy one, and then lived a perfect life of obedience to the Father. So that is the first significance of the virgin birth, the sinlessness of Jesus. So that's important. So he didn't have the seed of an earthly father. He was not born from that. He was the seed of the Holy Spirit. And, and it's interesting, he's part of the Trinity. He left heaven, part of the Trinity, came down to earth, and through the seed of the same Trinity, and there's made that connection. And because of that, he did not have this bent toward sin. He wasn't drawn to that like you and I are. So Jesus is the son of God and yet was born of Mary. We call this the, the incarnation. The fact that Jesus at birth was fully God and fully man. So this is another thing we got to understand. That he is fully God and fully man. This is only possible because Jesus was conceived by the Holy Spirit. There were really three options when Jesus could have gone, uh, come into the world, okay? So let's think about those three options. Here are the three ways Jesus could have come into the world, okay? He could have, uh, he could have come into the world uh, one way uh, by um, simply a mother and a father. Just like natural, like we do now. A mother and a father. But then that would have been not have been uh, God. God would not have been a part of that. He could have come into the world with, with no human parents at all. Then that would not be human. So he would not have the, if he would have come into the world without the Holy Spirit, just, a, just an earthly father and an and a earthly mother, then the, the God portion of that, would not, he would not be in, involved in that. Okay? Meaning that he would not be part God. And then if God's like, well, let me just, let me just zap you down there or zoom you down there, you know, to on earth, and you can start your ministry, okay? And if that were the case, he wouldn't have any part of mankind. He had to have the seed of mankind. So what God did, he took an earthly mother, and he took the heavenly father, the seed, the trinity, together. Full of God Fully man, but not born into the natural tendency to sin. This is why the virgin birth had to happen. It had to happen this way so that he could be fully God and fully man. So what is the role of the spirit of Christmas present? The Holy Spirit worked the miracles of, of the virgin birth. Mary conceived a child while she was still a virgin. 
And the child was a sinless son of God, fully God and fully man. We've seen the significance of the virgin birth for Jesus. But what is the significance for us? Let's bring this back home to us. Okay? And more importantly to you, since you're sitting there or you're watching online or listening online, whether you're listening live or later, it doesn't matter. This message God wants to share with you. So he came to be born our Savior. He was born for us. For unto us a child is born. The Bible says that for unto us a child is born. We are all born with a sinful nature. We have all acted out on that sinful nature. We have broken God's law. We have chosen things that were against God's will. We have sinned against our God and creator. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Every single one of us. And so every single one of us, we need a savior. Because you know what? We're a mess. <laughs> we're a mess. Look at your neighbor and say, you're a mess. You are a mess. Yeah, that's good. We're a mess. We are. Look what it says in 1 Timothy 2, 5, and 6. It says this, For there is one God and one mediator between God and mankind, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself as a ransom for all people. This has now been witnessed to at the proper time. So only Jesus could serve as as the perfect mediator between God and man. Because only Jesus was full of God and full of man. Only as a man could he die, and only as God could he die for all sins. I need to repeat that because I think this is important for you to understand. Only as a man could he die. If he came as a deity, deities don't die, right? So he had to come as a man. And only as God could he die for our sins. And this is only possible through the virgin birth. And so, as, this, as we walk down the story, as we read earlier that main passage in Luke chapter 1, the angel Gabriel says this really important thing. Look, nothing is impossible with God. And I think that probably... That probably helped Mary not to ask a bunch of questions. Look, nothing's impossible for God. Nothing is impossible with God. You may say, well, well, Frank, if only you would know what I've done. If only you would know what I've done. If only you would know how far I have run you would think, and there's no way. Yeah, there is a way. Where it seems like there is no way, God made a way. And he made a way for salvation through Jesus Christ. God, man, together in flesh. And so, you and I can rest assured that nothing is impossible with God. I don't care what kind of sin you face in your past. I don't care what you've run away from in your past. It doesn't matter. Nothing is impossible with God. The only thing that you might feel that's 
Impossible is through your own eyes, and that is whether you want to accept that message. You may think, well, there's, there's just no way I can, I can believe that. There's no way I can, I can surrender my life to someone I've never met before, someone I can't even see. I get that. I do. But <laughs> that's where faith comes in. <laughs> that's where faith comes in. Without faith, I mean, there, there's no salvation. It's not by works we're saved. It's not by works. It's not because you've been good, okay, or because you've been bad. It's not based on, on your merit. Thank God, right? Because some of you are a wreck, right? We're all a wreck. We're a mess. And so we don't deserve those things. We can't earn those things. We can't earn that salvation. But so that's why it's called faith to believe, you know, I'm a mess. We've all come. I've sinned. I've fallen short of the glory of God. I've ran from him. But you know what? I believe he loves me. And I believe that there's nothing impossible with God. Nothing is impossible. And even in your, in your past, even in your past, God was there. In the mess-ups, God was there loving you. And definitely now, in the present, in this present moment, the spirit of Christmas present. I know we were talking about the first Christmas, but now, what is the spirit of Christmas present telling you right now? What is the spirit of Christmas present who's present right now? And, and, and wherever you're at, whether you're in this room, you're watching, you're listening, the Holy Spirit is speaking to you. Are you listening? What is the Holy Spirit present, presently telling you right now? Surrender to me. Jesus loves you. God loves you. God loves you. I don't care what you've done. I love you. And I just want you to surrender your life to me. You know, you don't, you don't earn God's love. You just receive it. You don't earn God's love. You just receive it. Can you receive that today? In this moment, can you receive that message that he loves you and he wants great things for you? And he's tired of the mess you've made in your life. Could you bow your head, close your eyes at this moment? The spirit of Christmas present is present in this place. And his presence is here. So I want you to search your heart. And just ask God this question. Same question Mary asked. How can it be? How can this be that I could be someone like I am, but yet be someone new without trying to make changes myself, without trying to fix myself? How can this be? He should have the same response Mary did. Hey, I believe. Nothing's impossible to God. I'm your servant. I'm here to do whatever. 
Sometimes when we ask questions, we ask too many questions, we try to figure it out. Mary didn't try to figure it out. She just trusted. So stop trying to figure it out. Just trust. Just receive. And you can ask a question, how can this be? And let him answer you with words like, because I love you, because I died for you. I need you to believe in that. I need you to have faith in that. And so, if you are here and you just need to make that decision, and that's, you just need to step over that line of faith to finally believe, whether you're watching or, or listening or here, let's do that right now. And it just takes a simple prayer. You can say a prayer like this after me. It says, Father God, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for the things I've done. Thank you for sending Jesus. Thank you for loving me no matter what I've done. I believe in you and I'm ready to follow you. Please come into my life. Make me new. Make me new. And if you're sitting here today and you, you've prayed a prayer similar to that in, in, in a moment in your life, but maybe, maybe there's some struggles you're facing. Maybe there's some, some things going on that you are really heavy laden with. You're just, you don't know what the answer is, whether it be financially or relationally or maybe with um, some health issues or, or just maybe anxiety or worry, those kinds of things. I want you to just surrender that to the Lord. And it's okay to ask the question, how can it be? But then remember this, with God, nothing is impossible. With God, nothing is impossible. With God, nothing is impossible. And you need to take that phrase and you need to say it over and over again this week, no matter what you're facing in your life. I want to encourage you to do that this week and surrender it all to him. In Jesus' name. Amen, amen. All right. I hope that this message brought you some encouragement today. And I hope that the spirit of Christmas present, as we talked about in the first Christmas, is the same spirit that is in your life, in your present moment. And uh, just whatever you're going through, nothing's impossible with God. Uh, you don't want to miss next week because it's going to be good. The spirit of Christmas future. And, um, and then also, we have our Christmas Eve service on the 24th, the 25th, Christmas Day. We're not meeting. Uh, you stay home because uh, Christmas Eve will be a Christmas service. But I do want to let you know, on New Year's Day, that is on a Sunday, we're going to have church. But it's going to be different. We're going to focus a lot on communion, prayer. There's going to be some, some uh, other kind of creative elements we're going to be doing part of that service. But we want to start the year uh, uh, um, 2023 in prayer and communion together. So we hope that you would uh, you'd come in and be a part of that, of that gathering uh, together. And remember, invite your friends Christmas Eve. We love you guys. We'll see y'all next week. Thank y'all.